and welcome to Emmanuel Episcopal Church in Rockford, Illinois. We are so pleased that you have joined us and wherever you are on your spiritual journey, please know that you have a home here. Just a couple of announcements. Please come back this afternoon to Facebook to watch Lessons and Carols. Our music and uh, production team have been working very hard to give us a meaningful service of nine Lessons and Carols this afternoon. So please do join us. It'll be the beginning of what is promised to be a most meaningful Christmas week. Also on Wednesday night, we have our last Advent program with Amy Jill Levine, Light of the World. And I hope you can join us for that. December 21st is the longest night service, a blue Christmas. And you can find that service as well on Facebook. Christmas Eve, we will be having one service at 6 o'clock on Facebook. And Christmas Day at 10 a.m. also on Facebook. And I would be neglectful if I didn't say that we are losing a valuable member of our office staff. Today is Gail Degner's last Sunday working with us in the office. Gail has been a wonderful addition and we will miss her dearly as she begins a new life in retirement. So the best to her and her husband, Dan, and we send them off with our best wishes. We are having a toast via Zoom at noon so we can all share a, laughter, a laugh and a story about Gail. So please do join us. And now let us center ourselves as we begin our worship of God. The night has passed and the day lies open before us. Let us pray with one heart and mind as we rejoice in the gift of this new day. So may the light of your presence, O God, set our hearts on fire with love for you. Amen. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease, and be thyself our king. captive 
Our first reading is from the book of Samuel, the second book of Samuel, beginning chapter 7, verse 1. When the king was settled in his house and the Lord had again given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to his prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, telling them, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I've been with you wherever you want, went, and have cut off all your enemies before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more, and the evildoer shall afflict them no more. As formerly from that time, I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Here ends the lesson. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him. In every generation he has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to help He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our forefathers, to Abraham and his children forever.
Our second lesson is from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be of no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it meet according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Here ends the lesson. Well, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and as always, we recall the story of Mary and the angel Gabriel visiting her. She sits in the house sweeping over by the hearth on her knees, cleaning up the ashes from the fireplace. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees something, a, a flitting. And when she looks, there's nothing there. She bends down and begins her work again. And once again, she sees something in the corner of her eye. And her head turns quickly. And standing in front of her is an angel, the angel Gabriel, who tells her, of course, like all angels, do not be afraid. That is the phrase that is most often recited in the Bible. Do not be afraid. And he tells Mary that she's going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And of course, Mary is engaged to Joseph, and they have not had marital relations, so she's perplexed, and understandably so. And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and overshadow her. We've often thought of Mary as sort of a person who was just pushed ahead by God, and that she is always meek and mild, as we have in the angel Gabriel from heaven came. Then gentle Mary meekly bowed her head. To me be as it pleaseth God. Well, I remember looking at that phrase in the hymn and just saying, not really. Mary was brave. She was not meek. She was not mild. To have taken on a life that would be full of shunning and laughter and scorn and know that she would bring the same upon her betrothed Joseph 
was taking a chance. But Mary said yes to God, and in saying yes to God saved us all. But it didn't mean that she didn't have moments of doubt and of fear, that Joseph was not filled with anger and disillusion when she told him what was happening. Like any human family, they have all of the traits and characteristics that we have. And they shared the same hopes and dreams for a life together. And when they find that that life together has changed irreparably, they too become changed. But they are only two people in the story. We don't often think of the angel Gabriel. What was he thinking when he came and entered Mary's room and entered Mary's life and told her what was going to happen? How many Marys had he been to before this one finally said yes? That's always been a question that's haunted me. I can't believe that there's only been one person who didn't see or didn't pay attention or who didn't hear something. There was something in Mary's being that made her notice the angel standing in front of her and notice that Gabriel had said things to her that others had just heard as a whisper and thought it was the wind or thought it was a bird or an animal outside scurrying away. But Mary, attuned to a life with God and was a devout person, knew that she was set aside for a special task when Gabriel stood in front of her. And Gabriel, for his part, the part that we don't often see or is portrayed in paintings, stands with his hands folded in his robes, his white robes, his wings folded back. And he has his hands folded so that Mary can't see that they're shaking because he wants her to be the mother of Jesus. And he knows that she is the one that can set us all free. But he also knows that People are given free will. And sometimes we say no when we ought to say yes. And we say yes sometimes when we ought to say no. But at that moment when Mary said yes, so shall it be, the whole world opened up. And I have to believe that the angels were singing in heaven and that God sat back and was happy and satisfied. The person, the best person, was chosen to be his son's mother, and Joseph would be a wonderful father. God knew all of these things when he had Mary carry his child. We too can say yes to God. Do you have the courage that Mary had? Do you have the faith that Mary had? Do you have the love that Joseph had, that he would care for someone that wasn't his child and bring him up to be the savior of the world? 
Those are the questions that we all ponder on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Basically, do we have what it takes? Do we have strength and courage and faith and hope and love in our hearts? Enough that it's not just for the baby that will be born in seven days, but rather that we have all of those characteristics to bear a new way of living, a new life, a new way to be, because that is what God and the angel and Mary and Joseph have demonstrated to us. We are not just pawns on a stage. We have the ability to say yes or no. So will you say yes to God today in whatever form he comes to you, in whatever words he says? Will you be courageous and be the one to see what others can't or won't see and to be faithful and loving? Can you? Amen. say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear God, we pray with faith in the power of your presence to the day in which the hope of Advent brings for the creation of new visions, expectations, and possibilities for us and for our world. In our wildest, most daring dreams of peace in the world, we pray for the welfare and safety of all your people. 
nations, and religions. Let us live with tolerance, respect, and equality, and freedom for all. We pray today especially for Emmanuel Parish, those who sustain this church, our clergy, our bishop, Jeff, and our bishop-elect, and all churches of God throughout the world. We pray for your guidance and blessings. We pray for healing as you know is needed for those in unbearable circumstances, the homeless, the prisoners, the fearful, those who are threatened or captive. We pray for those in sickness and those in our parish prayer list. We pray for those who have died, those we hold in our hearts, and those who have gone before us to your heavenly joy. We thank you, Lord, for your constant presence in our lives and hearts. We remember, remember those who celebrate their birthday and those celebrating anniversaries. Purify our conscience, almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And gathering up all our prayers and praises and concerns, let us say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. May he whose second coming in power and great glory we await make you steadfast in faith, joyful in hope, and constant in love. May you who rejoice in the first advent of our Redeemer at his second advent be rewarded with unending life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit keep you all this day and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>